a very warm welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast with your host, Paul Lowe. Paul offers wisdom, insights and tips for living a healthy, meaningful, purposeful life. On the back of overcoming extreme adversity, Paul has a proven track record of achieving life-enhancing results. He offers empowering advice and guidance to help people develop a mindset for success so that they can live with more happiness and prosperity. Through his Mastering the Game of Life podcast and books, Paul also helps people to get their own inspirational messages and powerful stories out into the world, as well as being involved in supporting many charitable organisations in their development, fundraising and projects. Hello listeners and welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode where today I'm joined by a gentleman from the United Kingdom, a gentleman by the name of Paul Kelly. Paul, very, very warm welcome to you. Good afternoon, Paul. And interesting title that we spoke about, Paul, off here. Mother Earth has spoken. It's time to change. Very intriguing. Tell us more. What's your thoughts? I think with uh, what's been going on around the globe over the last six months, I think Mother Nature is actually starting to fight back. I think it's given us all a bit of a warning that we cannot continue in our ways. Um, I think we've just got to look at the amount of um, global, global things that have happened over the last six months. We've had the fires in Australia. We've had, um, prior to that, we've had severe weather uh, all throughout the Caribbean. We've had floods in the UK. I think Mother Nature is starting to say, we cannot continue as we have been doing. We need to look after Mother Nature first before we start thinking about ourselves. Mm. So do you think this is um, a relatively new uh, phenomenon or I mean as the, are these kind of warnings have they been around for years well, what's your thoughts or do you feel that it's kind of come to a head more in more recent times I think the warning signs have been there for the last 15 or 20 years I think we've been um, using more of the climate's resources I think we've had a lot more people on the earth um, population has continued to grow We've ignored little danger signs. We've had volcanoes erupting that haven't erupted for hundreds and thousands of years around the world. We've had tidal waves, we've had tsunamis, we've had hurricanes, we've had extreme conditions. We've had extreme rain, extreme heat. We've had famines, we've had droughts. We've had lots of phenomena that have gone on in all different places in the world. And I think the vol is starting to add up now. All these things are happening for a reason. They're all, in my opinion, a result of what man has done to the planet. Every time we take a little bit from one part of the world, it has an effect in the other part of the world. If we chop all the trees down, we get higher winds. We get severe rainfall in another part of the, of the world. The sort of yin and yang of the world has been put out of balance and Mother Nature is starting, starting to fight back. Mm, interesting word, balance. I love that word, balance, yeah. Because what's interesting with these, these um, call them what you will, warning signs, travesties, challenges, um, 
nobody's really been able to offer an overly scientific um, reason as to why. So, you know, you've mentioned one or two things there, quite a few different things, Paul, but nobody's actually said, well, you know, this volcano erupted because of, this tsunami happened because of. You know, there's all these kind of, I think, what the world is still, maybe up until the recent coronavirus scenario, sort of, oh, well, you know, I don't know. It's I think it's so easy to throw a word around sort of global warming, climate change around, isn't it? And just hide behind that, um, you know, behind that sort of phrase, that, those couple of words. Whereas I think what's happened now in, with the onset and uh, the devastation that's been left or is being left behind, uh, as we speak with COVID-19, that, yeah, I think the, the writing is on the wall now, certainly from, um, you know, more than I can ever remember. I've never known personally a um, a situation in life um, generally or certainly globally where this this starkness of, guys, you need to, you, seriously, we need to shape up here. We seriously need to shape up because I think... Um, you know, the complacency that we get as human nature, you know, there's a disaster. People say, oh, you know, there's always a disaster at Christmas. No, there isn't. There's a disaster all year round. It's just that we probably notice it more at Christmas. But things then settle down into, inverted commas, normality. Things get back to normal, don't they? But I'm not so sure, Paul, that we'll ever get back to normal after this uh, corona. And I certainly don't want to single corona out as, as the focal point. What's your thoughts around what will happen? You know, what will normality be when the dust has settled? Be that a week, a month, a year? Who knows? I think people will start to look at the world in different in a different light. They'll start and think, do I need to buy it? Do I need to buy things? Do I really need to go on this holiday? Do I need to travel? Do I need to fly on that plane? Is it really necessary? Am I am I damaging the world by being excessive, being extravagant? I don't really need to. It's almost a case of, I like to keep up with the Joneses. It doesn't matter if I do something a bit more extravagant or, I don't know, I'll put a bit more petrol in and I'll go a bit faster. If I want to get there a bit quicker, I don't want to overtake somebody. I just want to, I just want to show somebody that I'm a bit better than them. I think we've got to a stage where people have got to actually got to take a step back and go, Actually, I don't need that. I might want it, but I don't actually need it. And I've been doing things I don't actually need just to, just to impress people. When really, I could have quite happily just carried on with the same car. But I've now, I've got a more expensive car. I've got a fuel guzzler. I've got something that, oh, it looks better than my next door neighbours. I think we've got to the stage where people need to actually Start living within the means, be less greedy, be more socially aware of the needs of other people, be kinder to people who are struggling because of other people's possibly greed or lack of awareness or lack of moral fibre. They don't seem to, some people don't seem to care about other people anymore it's almost like they're above 
they were they live on a different planet to everybody else. They live in this. Well, I've got this, and it doesn't matter what happens to me because I've got this, and it makes me almost invincible. Um, I'm not too concerned about the next generation as long as I'm okay and I've got all the latest things. I'm all right, Jack. And it's it's not a case of that. We need to maintain the future of the planet. If we if we avoid um, an awareness of what is actually happening in the world and that COVID-19, if people don't heed the warnings, will wipe out thousands and thousands of people across, across the world, in the UK, in Europe, in Asia, everywhere we go. But some people seem to think, now I'm all right, Jack, it won't get me, but it will. I'm not sure how people will respond. I think people will want to have a big party, but I think some people will be a bit more reserved and actually go, we need to take a massive warning from this. This was, it might be a narrow escape for some countries. They might get a flight late because they were well prepared or they just got lucky. The world needs to stand up and take notice because if something similar happens in two or five years' time, we need to be able to put a stop to it quicker than we have done this time. So there's the other thing, isn't there? Not just about use of resources. You know, you you, you mentioned uh, an obvious one there about flying in planes and, you know, um, the amount of, I suppose, um, damage that that does to, to the environment. But there's more, there's other kind of more contrasting aspects of what we're going through now, isn't there? You know, with this isolation, the fact that we're having to connect more online, um, and, and I think actually in some respects, and this might sound a bit sort of contradictory, a bit paradoxical, that, you know, the fact that we're connecting more online is actually bringing us close together because with people that we wouldn't maybe normally connect with at all, you know, whatever the motive is, whether it's just downright boredom or whatever, but it's it's actually said, you know what, I'll reach out to to X, Y, or Z or A, B, and C. And that, even though it's kind of electronically online, it's a start, isn't it? It's breaking, it's breaking the um, you know, the uh, the mold, so to speak, and it's creating that introduction to the point where people then can build on that by face to face and you know, so I don't think that's um, necessarily a bad thing. I think a lot of good can come out of this if we if we heed the lessons. So that kind of brings me, Paul, to one big question. And I always set this scene with with uh, with guests. Imagine we're about to go into an elevator, and we've just met. So I want you. By the time the 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 lifts got to the top floor. 30 seconds, no more than 30 seconds, a real powerful knockout statement of your message to the world. What would your message be to leave to the world now around this whole um, Mother Earth has spoken, it's time to change? What's your message, Paul? My message has got to be that people are more important than money because without people, you don't make any money. It's people that keep the planet going. You need to look after the people and then the people will look after you, they'll look after the planet, and they will make money. But they will do it in a way that looks after the planet. 
Superb. So how can people reach out to you, Paul? Uh, what's, what's your contact details or your show, social media? You know, how can people connect with you if they uh, if they want to find out more about your uh, your views, your thoughts, um, and just connect with you, really? Well, I'm on, I'm on Facebook, but I'm, I very rarely go on there other than to share messages with people. I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, occasionally, I speak out about things on Twitter. Thank you very much indeed for sharing with us and being part of this podcast episode. And all that remains now is for me to say, as I always do, listeners, you know, at this point, remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts. Thanks very much for listening to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. If you found it interesting and helpful, drop a line to Paul via paul at paul-low.com with any thoughts or questions you may have, he'd love to hear from you and he'd be more than happy to respond. Alternatively, check out Paul's website at www.paul-low.com. Remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts.